to Wellness Realness with Christina Rice. I'm your host, Christina. I'm a nutritional therapy practitioner, holistic health coach, Reiki practitioner, and the creator of ChristinaRiceWellness.com, where you can find my blog, recipes, services, programs, and ebooks. In this podcast, I'll be discussing all things related to health and wellness, and I promise to always keep it very real. Remember my disclaimer, the information in this podcast is general health and nutrition advice and is not a replacement for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. If you'd like to submit a question or a topic for me to discuss, submit it on the podcast page at ChristinaRiceWellness.com. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a rating and a review on iTunes, and join our Facebook group, Wellness Wellness Podcast Tribe. So excited for you to hear today's episode. You are going to learn so much. I am chatting with Danielle Ryan Broida, who is a registered herbalist and a certified holistic nutritionist and an instructor of mycology at Colorado School of Clinical Herbalism. Danielle has such a cool history. Not only from being an herbalist and a holistic nutritionist, but she studied Ayurveda in India. She became a certified yoga instructor there. She worked with a naturopathic doctor in Indonesia where she became a certified raw chef and a detox coach. She's had so many incredible adventures going through the backcountry of Thailand, and that's where she originally became really interested in herbal medicine and then ended up in Boulder where she formalized her education in holistic medicine and then opened up a private practice, Danielle Ryan Wellness, where she worked with hundreds of clients across the United States, specializing in treatment for people with autoimmune conditions and chronic illness. And then later she was invited to become the instructor of mycology at CSCH, which all led her to eventually becoming the national educator for Four Sigmatic. So Danielle really knows her stuff when it comes to the mushroom kingdom, as she teaches this in so many ways every day. And as an herbalist, she just really understands how to work with the body. And I learned so much from her in this episode. We talk about all things natural medicine and the power of functional mushrooms and her experiences in different countries. So I know you're going to learn a lot and you'll probably be really into herbs and mushrooms, functional mushrooms after this episode if you're not already. Recording this with Danielle definitely piqued my interest in new things and made me realize that I don't think I was using my four sigmatic mushrooms to their maximum potential. So I think you're going to get a lot out of this. And as always, if you want to try out Four Sigmatic Mushroom Elixirs, any of their mushroom products, you can just go to foursigmatic.com slash CRW. And my code CRW will get you 15% off. And that will be in the show notes. I love Four Sigmatic products. I have been using them for years. I have at least one packet every day. Danielle will share her daily routine later in this episode, which I'm sure you will be interested in. But I just adore the reishi, the cordyceps, the chaga, especially this time of year, the chaga, the lion's mane. She talks about all different types of mushrooms and herbs and I'm really excited for you guys to hear this. If you want to connect further with Danielle, you can find her on Instagram at Danielle Ryan Broida, which will be in the show notes, as well as her website, DanielleRyanWellness.com. And of course, 
all things Four Sigmatic at foursigmatic.com slash CRW. So let's go ahead and hop into this chat with Danielle Ryan Broida. I've been looking forward to talking to you so much because I feel like you have so much knowledge I need to know. And I mean, when oh. I first started drinking for Sigmatic a couple years ago, I just liked the taste of it and it was trendy in LA. Um, yep. And then it wasn't until, you know, the last year or so that I really started looking a bit more into the actual health benefits of it and realized and like actually paying attention to how my body felt when I took when I drank them consistently versus didn't. Um, yeah. But obviously, you're the expert on all of this. But I want people to know a little bit more about you and your background. So why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about you and kind of and what you do? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm Danielle, and I am a registered herbalist with the American Herbalist Guild and a holistic nutritionist. I'm also an instructor of mycology. Um, so I teach budding young herbalists at the graduate school I went to here in Boulder, Colorado. And then, of course, the bulk of my time is as the national educator at Four Sigmatic. And how I landed here, I kind of my past life, the last chapter, I had a private practice. So I worked clinically with a lot of clients across the country. And I think it's kind of the nature of being an herbalist. A lot of the people that would show up at my door basically would come and say, I've tried every practitioner under the sun and you're my last resort. Mm -hmm. And there was a lot of people that were chronically ill and had autoimmune conditions. And with those type of bodies, there's a very different approach you have to take. There's actually less herbs that you're able to use to really support those type of conditions. And so it kind of fell in my lap to start focusing on functional mushrooms, which are one of the most effective, safest natural medicines for specifically autoimmunity. And so after a couple years, I had a functional mushroom based practice and which is very rare. No one yeah. has. <laughs> That's a new one. <laughs> and I really, it was incredible. I was able to see the benefits of these mushrooms firsthand. Um, and was like, the world needs these and I need to be able to spread this to a larger audience than I'm able to in my one-on-one -on -one practice. And it was the most natural fit joining forces with Four Sigmatic. They were looking for a registered herbalist, an instructor of mycology, like all these skills that literally defined who I was. And no one has ever looked for my resume ever. <laughs> <laughs> it was just so serendipitous. So supernatural fit, and I've worn a ton of different hats since I've been with Four Sigmatic, but as of now, I'm really focusing on everything under the sun that has to do with education of superfoods, adaptogens, of course, functional mushrooms, and traveling around the country, and then newsletters and podcasts, and just being able to share my love of the fungi kingdom. Yeah, you do so many things. Like, honestly, I was like reading your your history, your bio. I'm like, wow, this girl is so cool. I <laughs> I need to be her friend. Um, but I'm curious, what got you? What made you interested in becoming an herbalist? Like, how did that come about? Yeah, it's been a really organic process. I never. I kind of laugh when I look back at my life and realize that I've now devoted my life to mushrooms. Yeah, how <laughs> did this happen? But Initially, my undergraduate degree was in environmental studies and philosophy. And so I was really passionate about 
earth-based healing. And that led me into organic agriculture and things like industrial composting and permaculture. And I kind of have this thing about me where I'm always looking for the gap mm-hmm. of like, okay, here's, here's this world I'm in and what's missing. And so I was really diving into um, sustainability and this world of environmental activism And I actually moved to an intentional permaculture community. So for those, or if you're not super familiar with permaculture, it's basically creating any sort of system. So it can be as small as an apartment to as large as an entire city to be zero waste and self-sustainable. So basically closing the loop of externalities, right? So that could be harvesting your own water, growing your own food, composting, natural building, And I moved to this community and there were so many things working. I was like, this is amazing. We're living off the land. And yet when someone would get ill, there was a little plastic box in the kitchen and it was full of more plastic bottles of ibuprofens and neosporins and band-aids. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is the gap. It was so wild to me that we were doing so many things to be able to not rely on others to, for our own health and vitality. And yet when it came to healing and illness, that was this huge gap. And I'm like, there's gotta be another way. So it kind of, that was the initial planting of the seed of, okay, I have to do something with herbal medicine and plant medicine. Mm -hmm. And um, when I finished my undergrad, I was either going to go straight to grad school for herbal medicine or get on a one way ticket and go to Asia And I ended up getting this job working for a travel company out in Southeast Asia. And time went by. I was out there for almost three years. Um, And I would take high school kids out into the backcountry and lead them on these trekking trips where we'd stay with hill tribe villages. And these hill tribe villages are totally remote, living off the grid, and some of the oldest keepers of natural medicine. So I'd literally be sitting with like traditional medicine men and women in these little tree houses and help them go out and harvest barks and leaves and um, seeds, like all these different things from the forest and was able to kind of learn and be a, um, a fly on the wall, I guess, to this, these traditional ways of life that were still alive, but so far from home. So that sounds amazing. <laughs> it was, it was amazing. Yeah. And I, I stayed out there for several years, and in, in between my time of leading these trips, I kind of dove into every single possibility I could to gain knowledge around herbal medicine and this ancient wisdom. So um, I lived in India for a while studying Ayurveda and uh, moved to Indonesia for a couple months to study with a naturopathic doctor, um, was just kind of like following. It was so organic, like mm-hmm. one step at a time. Oh, that sounds amazing. I'm going to follow that and that. And eventually moved back to the States, felt that call, like, okay, it's time to be in America and have warm water again and toilet paper and these normal necessities of life. (laughs) Yeah. Well, so um, do you still incorporate Ayurvedic principles into what you use with clients now? Yeah, I don't see clients anymore. I wish I had capacity to do that as well. Maybe Eventually, I can slow down and start bringing a few back here and there. Mm-hmm. But absolutely, in every traditional system of medicine, there's a way of viewing the body as individual. So 
for example, let's say you and I both have really bad stomach aches. We're experiencing the same symptoms. But for me, I'm, um, I have a really hot constitution. I'm like a really hot, fiery person. Mm -hmm. And let's say you have, you know, a cold or drier constitution. So even if we're experiencing the same things, the herbs that are going to support our bodies are going to be totally different. And so one of the the founding principles of, of Ayurveda and all these, whether it's traditional Chinese medicine or um, in my studies, it was Western herbalism, this practice of vitalism. It's like looking at the individual's body. And then as an herbalist, I almost feel like the matchmaker, like mm-hmm. choosing the plants that are going to be right for your specific body. Yeah, I think that's all. I, I think that's why Ayurveda is so interesting to me. I love how it really does individualize more things and also how because pe- people's like doshas can shift too, you know? Yeah. So, which is really fascinating to me as well. Like, I feel like there are times when I'm more vata, other times more pitta, and paying attention to that helps me adjust, like, diet, for example, accordingly, and I feel so much better when I pay attention to that. Absolutely. And we all have vata, pitta, and kapha in us, mm-hmm. right? We all have these elements within us in different balances. And so, depending on the environment we move to, right? Like in Colorado, I live at almost 7,000 feet. It's really dry up here mm-hmm. versus if I were to, when I was living in Thailand, I'm going to be provoked into one of the other elements more. So, based on where you're living, the season, right? The time of year, um, there's going to be a different balance. And so, it's always about, okay, how can we get that body back to what works best for you? Right? Yeah. It's not like everybody needs all three doshas balanced at all times. It's like, okay, what's your proper balance and how can we support that and continue to revisit it, right? It's not like a one or done, which is also why I love this world of plant medicine. It's so changing and evolving. And depending on your mood, the weather, the season, there's going to be uh, a different approach that you get to take. Yeah, 100%. And I'm curious, I mean, you've traveled to so many different places and been exposed to so many different modalities of healing, but I'm wondering if you have any kind of key takeaways in terms of like healing the body from other cultures that you feel like are just missing here in America. Yeah, I mean, I think it really ties into exactly what we're talking about. So many of us in the States were used to popping a pill for whatever's going on. So we have a headache and we all take a NSAID, right? An ibuprofen or an aspirin. And it has the same effect in almost every body. Mm-hmm. But that's never the way we've looked at healing. It's always been, um, you know, so there's, we'll just kind of break it down a little bit. When you're using plant medicine, it's, there's a synergy, right? So there's this matrix of compounds that are working together to have a specific effect in your body and your body can recognize this plant. So let's take ginger, for example, and it can recognize ginger as a whole thing and process and digest and utilize it appropriately versus so that, you know, complex matrix versus in typical Western medicine, we're isolating a specific compound. So much of our Western medicine has actually come from plants and fungi but we're isolating this one thing. So it has the same repetitive effect in any body that ingests it. Mm -hmm. And so um, when we get back to 
connecting with the plants. I mean, we can relate to this because so many of us are know the benefits of eating whole foods. And it's that same that same concept. Your body can recognize and absorb and utilize it in such a more profound way. It's really how our bodies evolved versus um, these isolated compounds that really stress out our body, give our liver extra work, and on and on with this slew of potential side effects. Yes. So since we'll be talking about like plant medicine, I think that term trips a lot of people up. Yes. Um, so maybe you can talk about what exactly y- you mean by plant medicine. Yeah, I think there's been this massive amount of confusion when we were when we use the word medicine. Yeah. And a lot of people, of course, today, I'm like, yeah, I'm an herbalist in Colorado, and they're like, oh, cannabis. Yeah. And I'm exactly. Like, oh, no, no. <laughs> I actually. I I actually don't work at all with cannabis and that really shocks people. And that's why in the world of mushrooms, we've replaced um, the word medicinal or medicine and we use functional instead. Mm -hmm. But essentially um, the way that we evolved as humans was always leaning towards different plant allies. So different herbs to heal and nourish and bring us into our highest state of vitality. So it's, making tea, right? I feel like everyone has some sort of story, whether it's through their parents or maybe grandparents now of, oh, take this, um, you know, take this peppermint tea when you have a bellyache or um, I'm going to put this warm olive oil with garlic in your ear when you have an ear infection, like these traditions that we've just always, always used. And um, it's really, I feel my work is to help us remember and revive and keep this tradition alive. So it's, it's really as simple as using natural herbs, everything from the most common things we think about, like these garlics and gingers and mints to more complicated, you know, maybe Eastern herbs and fungi, like our reishis and chaga and lion's mane. Why do you think it came like, why do you think it came out of practice for people to use to use plants? You know, because I think a lot of people think, oh, well, that just doesn't, it doesn't work. I think that's why, you know, a lot of people don't gear towards that. Like, why would tea help me if, you know, I could take a pill? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, this is a, this is a big conversation, but a few pieces of that is, I think we are in such a time and culture where we need solutions really quick. Mm-hmm. We're like, give me a quick fix give me a Band-Aid so I can keep going on and trucking and whatever activity or job or mission you have to do that day. And plant medicine is a lot more subtle. And so the difference would be like, oh, um, you know, you have a headache, you can take this pill and it will basically put a Band-Aid on your symptoms for a few hours. Or you can really look at, okay, what's going on? Why do I have a headache, right? And address, Mm -hmm. oh, is there digestive you know, is there leaky gut or digestive issues going on or is the liver sluggish or what's going on with the organs of the body and addressing the symptoms from actually the root of where they're coming from so that they can go away long term. But that takes a lot of patience. (laughs) First, um, it's not a quick fix, but long term sustainably, I believe it is um, the most the most vital way to, to really heal long-term. And I think we're remembering, we're, we're realizing that we need both, right. Um, in 
Western medicine is amazing for so many things like, oh, I broke my arm. Like I need to go to the ER. Yes. Thank goodness we have that in practice. But there are so many things that we don't need to rely on um, different pills to be able to feel alive and healthy. But I feel like most of us don't even know that that's an option. Um, yeah. The other thing, uh, there's this like ancient um, quote that we often say as herbalists, it's the, the dose makes the poison essentially. So it's really um, – you know, a certain amount of something will heal you and too much of that something might make you ill. And so creating these client practitioner relationships is so important, right? It takes time right now. Our doctors have, I think on average, like two to five minutes to spend with their patients. And that's kind of this like time is money mentality we're in Mm -hmm. versus really true long-term sustainable healing you have to have this relationship with your practitioner of, oh, that didn't work. Okay, we're going to try something else and keep going until the solutions come. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's not a, a quick fix. Um, right. But that's also how you get to the root <laughs> of things, right? Um, Absolutely. I'm curious, did you, did you personally have any like autoimmune or chronic health issues that you were working through that led you to this? Or like, how did you fall into that type of clientele? Yeah, that's a great question. I, gratefully enough, I don't have any autoimmune conditions that I know of. Mm -hmm. And I think that has enabled me to be able to hold space for a lot of people it's this idea I like to, I love metaphors. And so I have this metaphor. I like to think of, you need to have your own cup be fully filled up to be able to overflow and give to others without it pulling or draining from your own life force. Mm -hmm. And there's, it was definitely a, a wild journey. I mean, the amount of things you basically contract when you live in India and Asia. I've had my fair share of illnesses and bouts of being super low and ill, but I personally have never had um, a chronic illness like that, which I feel so called to be able to show up and support those that are going through those things. Yeah. I was just curious because, you know, sometimes people have their own um, but that is what most of the clients you were working with, was that what they were struggling with autoimmune? Yeah, mostly autoimmune. I worked a lot with Lyme and Crohn's disease. Okay. A lot of undiagnosed ailments as well. So that was something super interesting. People would show up at my door and be like, doctors can't, they don't know what's wrong with me. Can you listen? And when we don't have a label for something in the Western world, there isn't, a medication that goes along with it. So they're like, Oh, you're fine. You know, get out of my office. And people would come to me and be like, no one has, no one has listened to me. No one has believed that I'm actually hurting or that I'm actually experiencing these things. And so really just being able to sit down and have someone see them and be like, Oh, we don't need a diagnosis. Whatever you're experiencing is the most real expression possible. And let's work with that. So yeah, well, touching on the Lyme for a second, I feel like that's such a hot topic. So you were able to use herbs to help people through that? Yeah, I have a really interesting approach. Tell me. <laughs> but, 
so, so many practitioners that deal with Lyme, it's about killing off the Lyme. And so it really weakens the body. And there's so many intense protocols that I've often seen make clients or these individuals with Lyme more and more sick. Mm -hmm. And my approach has always been, let's build you up, which is really, we'll get into the mushrooms later, but let's build up your body so much. Let's get your immune system so strong that you don't experience symptoms anymore. And who's to say, I could never say the words cure, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but, um, if you're not experiencing symptoms anymore in my book, you're no longer living under that label or that umbrella Mm -hmm. of being Mm -hmm. someone struck with Lyme. So, yeah, that is interesting. So like how long would something like that, that take, like how many months? The quickest story, well, with Lyme, it would often be, I would work with people for a solid year or so. The other thing, I would have people come into my office and say, my goal is for you to no longer have to see me. Mm -hmm. So that means that I've done a successful job, which is so opposite of every other mentality and modality of healing. Mm -hmm. And I would want my clients to be so empowered that when something was going wrong with their body, they could look and say, oh, I know what that is. And I know what, what to do to, to fix that. And they don't need to call me anymore. So that was a job well done. Um, but yeah, oftentimes, even with Lyme clients, there was many different practitioners on board and it's, it's holistic, right? So it's so much more than just working with the herbs. Um, it's working with food and lifestyle practices, right? Your sleep and exercise and your diet is equally as important as the plant medicine that's supporting whatever symptoms or organs we're working with. Mm-hmm. The quickest story of healing, which was with uh, an individual, a young man with Crohn's, Crohn's disease, really intense inflammation of the GI. And he came to me on a six-month timeline. And he said, my doctor wants to put me on this really severe immunosuppressant. And he did a bunch of research into it and found that over 50% of men, he was 27 when he came to me, he said over 50% of men between the ages of 25 and 35 that get on this medication develop some form of cancer within a few years of being on it because it so strongly depresses the immune system. And he said, I really, really don't want to get on it. And my doctor said, I could work with you, but if the inflammation hasn't gone down in six months, then I have to get on it. And so that was, that was rare. I didn't often have timelines, Mm -hmm. but it was exciting. It was like, all right, we are, we are doing this. And that was the other really incredible thing about working with individuals that had autoimmunity or these undiagnosed chronic illnesses is they were ready to jump in. Yeah. Like no matter how much I could say or recommend or tell them, it takes someone's own will to be able to really want to heal and heal holistically. And I found that it was so beautiful. They're like, yeah, I'm ready. What can I do? And anyways, long story short, he never had to get on the medication. It was incredible. And the doctors didn't believe it. They're like, what? And I, I don't feel like that's the fault of the, these doctors. Like, but in the Western medic medical system, doctors don't get any training on nutrition or that the things we can ingest, whether it's plants or herbs, can they actually have an effect on our health? 
mm-hmm. which seems wild. Like we know that of course, what you eat is going to affect how you feel or your energy or your sleep. But doctors just don't get that training. There's one optional course in nutrition in the entire medical school programming. Yeah. And well, with speaking of nutrition, what's your approach with nutrition? Yeah. So people often ask me this and they're like, what's the way you eat? And again, it goes back to that individual body mm-hmm. analysis. Mm-hmm. So what is right for me, I would never recommend necessarily for someone else. But I have kind of three pillars that within every diet, there should be seasonal, local and organic as much as possible. Mm-hmm. So those are kind of these big, broad umbrella categories. And then within that, it totally depends on the body that comes. Like some people do really well with eating grains. Some people definitely can't do that. A lot of us have intolerances to dairy or to eggs, right? These different, um, different food groups. And it so takes looking at that specific body and trying things. It's really, it's such an experiment and there's so much play involved. And I think that's, one of the best ways we can really approach both our healing and our life is, okay, everything's constantly changing. So what can we try on right now and see if it fits and then either keep it or let it go and try on something else until we find the right fit, the right herb, the right diet. Yeah. And I'm sure like all of your travels also have, you know, like motivated that as well, because I think, you probably seen so many different people eat in so many different ways and like how it, it can work for different people. And I think also like where you're from plays a big role into it, you know, as well. Absolutely. I, when I was living in um, Southeast Asia, I just thought of this example, coconut oil is everywhere, right? Yeah. You cook with it, put it on your body, you put it on your hair and coconut oil, believe it or not, is extremely drying. And so when I came to Colorado, it was like, oh gosh, it's super dry at high altitude. So when I would put on coconut oil, it would make me even more dry. It's like, okay, how can I switch that into a more warming oil, like sesame oil or something? But so many of us don't realize that our environment. So think about the environment in Southeast Asia. It's hot and humid. And of course, what grows down there, these coconuts are so abundant and that oil is really fitting. It's really applicable for the people in that culture. Mm -hmm. And yet when you come to a place like the Rocky mountains, (laughs) you don't find coconuts growing. And so how can we look at what's around us to inform the way that we eat and the the types of medicine we choose? All right, guys, we're going to take a brief break for a second. Speaking of our environment and what's around us, One of the most powerful ways you can take control of your health is by managing your light exposure, which is why I am obsessed with my Blue Blocks blue light blocking glasses. Using blue blockers is a game changer when it comes to sleep. First of all, you get better sleep, deeper sleep, will sleep through the night, can really help with insomnia, but it also helps balance out your hormones overall, all of your hormones. Not only the hormones that regulate sleep, but also our hunger hormones and our insulin production. Definitely check out my episode with founder Andy Mant, episode 230, where we talk about all of this. 
but blue light blocking glasses can also really help with your mood overall. So it can really boost your mood, make you happier, more positive, reduce anxiety, and help you feel more relaxed, calm, and also really helps with headaches or migraines or if you have any eye strain, any symptoms like that. I love blue blocks because these are the only blue light blocking glasses out there that are based on the scientific literature. The lenses are made to block the exact wavelengths of light that we need to block in order to get the health benefits, and most of the other companies out there are just orange lenses that aren't actually blocking the full spectrum that you need to block. So there are three options, the Sleep Plus, which everyone needs to use after sunset when the sun goes down, put on these red lenses, these Sleep Plus lenses, and that will help to block all of the blue and green light that we need to block in order to make sure our circadian rhythm is optimized and our sleep isn't disrupted and our hormones are functioning as they should. And then during the daytime, you want one of two lenses, either the blue light clear lens, which is a blue light filtering lens for the day, which is ideal for people who have more natural light coming in, but they really want to eliminate any migraines, headaches, macular degeneration, digital eye strain, especially if you work on the computer during the day. And then there are the summer glow yellow lenses for during the day. And these are blue light blocking meets color therapy. So these are designed for people who might be working under harsher artificial light during the day. If you struggle with migraines, anxiety, seasonal depression, this color therapy is really great for you. And what I love is that Blue Blocks has over 20 different frames, so many different styles. You can even send in your own frames if you want those to be made into blue light blocking glasses. And there is seriously a frame for everyone. They look like fashionable glasses. They're not those ugly blue blockers that you see some people wearing. So I am just obsessed with these. They've made a huge improvement on my sleep and my daily productivity because I'm getting such better sleep and my hunger signals are more regulated. So I cannot recommend these enough as well as their remedy sleep mask. I just got this a couple weeks ago and it has changed my sleep completely. Like I have no words. It's a 100% light blocking sleep mask that can help restore your sleep cycle. So your REM cycle and your deep sleep cycle and my aura ring score has definitely noticed the difference. I'm actually getting enough REM and deep sleep, which I wasn't before. People don't realize that even just a little bit of light during the night or coming through your blinds can actually disrupt your sleep cycle. So I highly recommend that sleep mask too. And as if that wasn't amazing enough, I love their mission to give back. They partner with Restoring Vision. So for every pair of Blue Blocks that they sell, Blue Blocks will donate a pair of reading glasses to Restoring Vision, who will gift a pair of reading glasses to someone in need. You need to try these. You need to get these. And tell me how much they change your life because I guarantee you, you have not worn real blue blockers until you have worn these. And if you're not even wearing blue blockers, then you definitely need these. These are the best on the market. I've tried so many different brands over the years. I actually have a whole drawer of blue blockers that I I just put in a bag to get rid of because these are the best ones and I cannot use anything else. So if you want to get a pair of Blue Blocks glasses, just go to blueblocks.com. That's B-L-U-B-L-O-X.com. And make sure you use my code wellness, W-E-L-L-N-E-S-S for 15% off.
Again, that's blueblocks.com, B-L-U-B-L-O-X.com, and my code wellness, W-E-L-L-N-E-S-S, will get you 15% off. I can't wait to hear what you think when you get your blue blocks, so make sure you keep me updated. All right, let's go ahead and hop back into this conversation with Danielle. Do you feel like it's more what's around us or like what what's happening within our bodies or both? Both. I wanted to tell this story or you just had it pop into my mind, but it's so fascinating. Okay. And we will get like really heady about mycelium and plants having their own conscious. <laughs> we can go there or not. Depending yeah, on- I want to. <laughs> But plants, it's really fascinating. Depending on what a person is experiencing, oftentimes you'll find plants that support their symptoms that literally volunteer themselves. So they just start growing in the yards or in the environment where that person is living. So I live in, it's crazy. I live in this house. I actually caretake for an English gardener. So I have huge gardens and tons of herbs growing. And I asked her once about there's lemon balm, this amazing Melissa officinalis, one of my favorite antidepressant nervine, so nervous system supporting herbs. And it's growing like wild around the house. And I asked her when she planted the lemon balm. And she told me, it's really interesting. I had before I lived here, she had a man here who was really depressed. And she said, I never planted lemon balm. None of my neighbors have lemon balm. And she said, "It, it just showed up one day. And it's one of the most potent herbal medicines to, it's like this sunshine herb. So it uplifts that sense of depression. And it literally popped up all over the land here. And you hear stories like that all the time. And it's just amazing. I don't really have an answer for how that happens or why that is, but it's pretty cool to know that we have these allies, right? And I feel like a a comforting thing, especially, you know, I really would like to enforce that with, um, when I had clients in my private practice was we were never supposed to, we're, we're social beings and we don't have to do anything alone, whether that means with another human or that we rely on other life forms like plants and fungi to be able to support the things we're going through. Yeah. Well, that, okay. That story like blows my mind, but also not really because I think, I think people like, uh, okay. Whenever people get say like energy healing doesn't work or like energy, they don't understand energy medicine. And then you hear a story like that. I'm like, everything is energy. Like you don't think, don't you know that everything around you is listening is picking up on the vibrations? Like to me, it makes so much sense. And to me, it's science. Um, yes. and it's like, how can you deny a story like that? Right. Okay. Future podcast on quantum physics. Yes. It's planted. <laughs> yes. I love it. Okay. I want to, I want to get into the mushroom situation yes. though. Like I need to dive into all things mushrooms. So I want you to talk to me as if you are talking to a group of people who have no idea about the power of functional mushrooms. What, how do you explain this to them? Totally. So we're going to zoom out mm-hmm. and then we'll zoom in. Okay. But beginning, I you need to realize that fungi are an entire kingdom. So there's the animal kingdom that we're a part of, the plant kingdom, and then the fungi kingdom. So they're their own separate kingdom. And this is a massive kingdom. There's about 15 million species on earth and 6 million or so are fungi. So 
They outnumber plants at least six to one. Some statistics are now saying 10 to one. So to put that in perspective, think of every fruit, vegetable, tree, shrub, grass on earth, and then multiply that by six. And that's the amount of fungi species. Wow. And typically people think about portobello's on a pizza. That's it. And so just kind of, whoa, can we open our eyes and realize this is a very vast amount of species that exist on our planet. And I feel it's so time to embrace them. So within that kingdom, we can kind of break it down into two very general groups of fungi that grow on the ground. And those are typically your portobellos, um, all sorts of culinary mushrooms. So things you would use to eat and cook up in the kitchen, as well as most poisonous and psychedelic mushrooms are going to be growing on the ground. And then the second type is function is called functional mushrooms. And these are mushrooms that grow on trees. So the mushrooms that we're talking about often are either parasitic. So they're growing from or symbiotic growing with these other tree species. And even though this may sound new to many of us in the West, functional mushrooms are the oldest, safest natural medicines on the planet. So even before all of the plants we've been speaking of, functional mushrooms have been used by humans. We know there's at least a 5,300-year-old history of us using these these medicines. So are you... Do you prefer the the mushrooms to other plants and herbs? I have a really deep spot in my heart for the mushrooms. <laughs> Why is that? <laughs> yeah, so they really align with my approach to healing our bodies and really healing the earth, which is always looking at building as opposed to treating a symptom. So growing the root making something really strong on its own, basically activating and supporting our body's own natural functions so that we can um, basically do our work in a really vital, strong way. And many plant medicines, you want to take them short term. So almost more in the way um, we call it allopathic medicine, right? So treating a symptom as opposed to the cause Functional mushrooms you never take to just treat a symptom. You would never be like, oh, I have a headache. I'm going to take this mushroom. But you would often with plants. And the way the mushrooms have always been used is as a tonic. Mm -hmm. So this means something that you take every single day to build and nourish your system from the root up. And I just love that. It's like if we are really long-term, sustainably every day doing things to – nurture our bodies and to, to basically feel as best as we can, then hopefully we won't, we won't even have symptoms where we need to have these shorter term, more like band-aid allopathic medicines in the moment. Yeah. So why, why in a tonic? Yeah. So a tonic is, is basically, um, something that builds over time. So you're, you're taking it every day consistently And you can think of it like a light switch activating what your body already does naturally or is meant to do naturally. So the big umbrella category that functional 
spectrums fall into. Each one, of course, offers something different, but generally overarching, they support immunity, right? So <clears throat> if you see them in the supplement aisle at your grocery store, it'll they'll typically be in the immune aisle. Mm-hmm. And why that is, is they basically, you can think of them like a light switch turning on B cells, T cells, natural killer cells, our body's own natural defense systems to fight off antigens internally or in our environments. So is there a difference between, like, if you go to the immune aisle at the store, they'll have, mm-hmm. let's say, chaga or cordyceps in capsule form or also, like, the powder form. Um, I think even sometimes tincture. Is there a difference between those? Yes. I'm so glad you asked. So there's a couple things that's that are really important when you're buying mushroom supplements. And if I could break it down into three things that are important, one would be what part of the mushroom are you using? And this might sound funny, but there's actually three distinct parts of a fungi species. There's the root system, which is called the mycelium. There's the fruiting body, which is what we see and refer to as the mushroom itself. And then there's the spores, which could be thought of as the mushroom seeds. And the mushroom itself, this fruiting body, it's like the apple of the tree. So all the nutrients are concentrated into the fruiting body. So that's not only the most active part of the species, it's also the part that has been used for this 5,300-year-old history of using the mushrooms. Um, ancient cultures and, you know, some of the hill tribe people I was with in Thailand, like they never, they don't have the technology to be able to separate this mycelial root system from everything else in the soil and just use that. So mm-hmm. all mm-hmm. the herbal medicine books, we call them materia medicas, um, all the stories and traditions of using these mushrooms have, have always been using the fruiting body. So that's one thing to look for. And then you always want to look to make sure your mushrooms are organic and third-party tested. So you might have heard about mushrooms' ability to absorb different toxins from the environment. They're It's amazing. They're inoculating mushroom spores into toxic waste sites and oil spills and finding they're one of the only natural substances can, that can actually remove these toxins or heavy metals from the environment, like literally pull them out of the earth and then fruit mushrooms out of them. So... Um, they're basically, they'll absorb a lot. So you want to make sure when, especially when you're using it to really support your system, that they're organic and they've been third party tested for all these things like mycotoxins, molds, yeasts, pesticides, irradiation, heavy metals, et cetera. And then three, and finally is this idea of extraction. Have you heard about the importance of mushrooms needing to be extracted? I have heard about this, but I would love for you to break it down. Awesome. So this kind of goes right into what you were talking about with what's the difference between a tincture or a powder or a pill. And it all comes down to this idea of extraction. So when you look at, have you seen a real reishi or a real chaga? No, I haven't. Oh, okay. When we, when we hang out, I'm going to bring some for you. Yes, please do. They're, they're really tough. And when I show them to people, they don't even believe that they're mushrooms because they almost look like tree bark or rocks. They're really rough, basically. And um, mushrooms in their cell wall, they have this compound, it's called chitin. 
And it's the same compound found in crustacean shells. So in lobster, crab, shrimp shells and the human body. Yeah. So really, really tough. And our bodies don't have enzymes to be able to sufficiently break down that chitin. So that being said, you can think of it like this big door that's basically, so you have this house, your house is, is the mushroom and the door, the front door is this chitin. And living within the house are all these incredible nutritional compounds that make the mushrooms so magical for our stress response, for our immune system, for our brain. All the things you hear about mushrooms are within that house. But chitin acts as this door. And unless you've broken open the door, your body can't get to any of those nutrients. And so literally, if there's one thing to look at in all mushroom supplements, it's has it been extracted. Because if it hasn't been, you're literally, your body isn't able to get any of those nutritional benefits. Oh, okay. Interesting. Okay. So are we, can, should I keep going one yes. step for keep going. Yeah. Okay. So, um, I'm like using my hands over here. I wish people <laughs> <laughs> teacher mode, but there's basically, and we're making this really simple. And then when all listeners become mushroom experts, we can go like 10 steps deeper and it'll be awesome. Yes. But really kind of broad level within mushrooms, there's two groups of compounds that make them really beneficial. And you can think of them as the mushroom oils and the mushroom sugars. And so when you extract, depending on the way that you extract, you're either going to pull out the sugars or the oils. So think about, so the two ways to extract really traditionally are making a tea We call it a decoction or making a tincture, right? An alcohol tincture. Mm -hmm. And when you make a tea, so a water extraction, you pull out all of those mushroom sugars because sugar dissolves in water. Think Mm -hmm. about making simple syrup. The sugar will dissolve in the water. But oil and water don't mix. If you put a drop of olive oil in your pot of tea, it's just going to sit on top. So in order to pull out all of those oil compounds, you make a tincture. And both the sugars and the oils offer different benefits. And so it's not necessarily that one method is better than the other. The important thing is that your mushroom has been extracted in at least one way. And again, super simplified, the mushroom sugars, they're these complex chains of sugars called polysaccharides. They're called beta-D-glucans, the specific name of them. And they are what offer the immunomodulating benefits, so all these benefits to the immune system. And the mushroom oils, they're called the terpenes, are what offer the adaptogenic benefits, so benefits to your stress response. And so depending on what you're looking for, you can either – have a tea, you can either have a tincture or what we do at Four Sigmatic, we do, we do both methods. So I like to think of that like using the whole animal. If you eat meat, we're using all potential parts of the mushroom itself. Oh, okay. I didn't realize that. Yeah. So all, all of that is in the powder or do you mean within different products? Yeah. So that's all within the powder. We, so we make the tea tincture and it essentially goes through this Uh, It's like a dehydrator. It's a spray dry Mm -hmm. process. So there's no chemicals used. It's basically just a bunch of air that dehydrates both of these extracts and turns them back into a powder. 
So they're pre-extracted and ready to go. Oh, wow. I didn't realize that. (laughs) So we're delivering like the most potent, full, like mushroom product out there. Like you don't even need, sometimes people think you need hot water to activate our products. And that's not the case. We've, we've done that for you. So you can put your powder in, you know, I like putting cordyceps elixir in my hummus or using our 10 mushroom blend, um, in, you know, as a, um, spice. I was like, what's that word? (laughs) Um, you know, pouring, like I pour our mushroom cacao with reishi on my coconut ice cream at night, like whatever. There's so there's endless ways you can use them. Okay, I didn't realize that. And then just, like, what about the encapsulated forms that are sold? Yeah, so if they've been extracted, you're totally good to go. But you always want to – It's I'm I'm hoping that our culture – you know, I'm always about like the first things I would teach my clients is like, look at the ingredient label on whatever you're buying. Yeah. And that's so important. It's like, okay, if you're trying to cut out gluten, right, super common dietary restriction, make sure there isn't soy sauce or in your dressings, right? These little things like read the fine print. Mm -hmm. So, um, a lot of times if you're taking a capsule, it, you know, hopefully will be extracted, but it will typically always say that. So you want to look and say, okay, has this been extracted? And if so, awesome. Um, if not, not as awesome. (laughs) Yeah. But even like, I mean, in terms of the encapsulated forms, like, isn't there something to tasting it? Yes. I'm so glad you brought this up. This is something that I, and I love, we're getting like really heady today. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm a hippie herbalist, lives in the mountains by myself. But I love it. <laughs> there is this power to being able to taste what is nourishing and healing you. And it, it's this belief the medicine starts when you taste it. It mm-hmm. starts in your mouth. So when you do, um, you know, when you taste something bitter, it automatically signals your liver to start kicking into gear. And I always encourage like, well, it's twofold. One is I, I used to say this a lot. The medicine doesn't work if you don't take it. (laughs) So whatever way you're going to take it. Awesome. If if it's the only possible way someone's going to get a functional mushroom into their life is through a capsule. Okay, fine. But even so, when I do this with my students all the time at our herb school is when you have a capsule, open it up and taste it. And that's such a more powerful way for your body to recognize this whole thing, right? This whole form, this whole being mm-hmm. and be able to utilize it properly. And that's something so special about the ritual of Four Sigmatic is carrying this tradition of being able to sit down and have a cup of tea with a thing that is healing your body, being able to sit down and taste your medicine. Yeah. Plus they just taste good. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's the other thing. Like these mushrooms, they're pretty bitter on their own. Mm -hmm. They have a really strong taste. And our founders were like, what two flavors does the Western world know and love that would go, you know, that are, that are pretty bitter. And coffee and chocolate are kind of the two bitters we face in our culture. And so we paired our mushrooms with coffee and in a hot chocolate. Yeah. 
I I think it's genius. I mean, like I said at the beginning, I was like, I drank these for so long just because they tasted good. Um, I didn't even know they had any benefits. Um, I love that. But uh, yeah, it's like they, yeah. So, I mean, even if you don't, even if you don't know what you're doing, you know, it tastes good. Um, really? um, but I want to start getting into some of the actual functional mushrooms and what they do in the body. So yeah. can we start with chaga? Yes, absolutely. Before I let Danielle tell you all the things about all the functional mushrooms, I want to pause for a second to tell you about today's sponsor, Comrade Socks. You guys, these have honestly changed my life. I'm wearing them right now. I wear them every single day because here's the thing. So I used to think compression socks were for old people or people who were in the hospital or who were on planes for a long time and that they were really ugly and really expensive and just not my thing. And then I started dealing with this issue where my legs would get swollen a lot because I tend to stand or sit in the same position for a long period of time when I'm working a lot at my laptop for my job because I really need to be in flow state and I just sit and I'm podcasting or I'm writing or whatever I'm doing on my computer and my legs will get so swollen and by the end of the day I would have to spend like 30 minutes with my legs up and I was uncomfortable and it was a mess. So then some of my friends told me to get some compression socks and that's how I found Comrade because one of my friends told me about them and I had been looking for compression socks and I loved that they look like normal socks. They actually have really cute styles too. You can just get plain black or white or gray or plain colors, but they also have stripes and ombre and a bunch of different colors. And I was looking through their Instagram and like there's just so many cute ways to incorporate these where you wouldn't realize they're compression socks. And then I started reading up on the health benefits of wearing compression socks in general and how these not only can help with swelling and just circulation if you are sitting or standing in the same place for a long period of time, but also great for travel. And I do travel a lot, whether I'm driving somewhere or flying somewhere and also actually great for muscle recovery. So if you are an athlete or you go to the gym a lot, it's great for improving your muscle recovery post-workout. So I started wearing these every day and I immediately noticed a huge difference. I was so much more comfortable. My legs weren't swelling anymore. I could stand and or sit for long periods of time without my legs getting swollen. And I actually noticed that I felt better when I was working out like with leg day and I was just sold. So now I wear them every day and especially with winter coming up and fall here, it's nice to have some tall socks and you can wear them when you're working out. You can wear them just hanging out around at home. You can wear them under boots when you go out and they're just so comfortable and you will feel so much better. Trust me. I feel like I didn't even realize how much I needed these until I got a pair. These are extra comfortable because they have a padded toe and a heel cushion and slide-free cuffs, so the socks will stay up all day. And they have smart silver antimicrobial technology that prevents any odor-causing bacteria, so they stay fresher longer. It is so important to keep your blood circulating, and so many of us sit all day, stand all day, or if you travel a lot, it can really help with jet lag, fatigue, but just in general, you will notice huge benefits immediately as well as long-term serious health risks like blood clots. My personal favorites are 
the white socks, the black socks, the white and black stripes, and the pink ombre. So if you want to get a pair of Comrade socks, which I highly recommend ASAP, so you have them for the winter months and these fall months, then just go to comradesocks.com. That's C-O-M-R-A-D-S-O-C-K-S.com. And you can use my code CRW for 20% off of your purchase. Again, that's comradesocks.com, C-O-M-R-A-D-S-O-C-K-S.com. And my code CRW will get you 20% off. When you get a pair... Post it on Instagram and tag me and tag comrade. Here's the idea, actually. I like this. Do a boomerang. Hashtag compression socks are cool. And tag me and tag comrade socks. And that's going to be our thing. Okay? Okay, cool. So now let's go ahead and hop back into this conversation with Danielle. She is going to tell us all about Chaga. Chaga is known as the king of mushrooms. And I mentioned this earlier, but many fungi are parasites to other species. And chaga is a really cool example. It's uh, parasitic most commonly to the birch tree. So it grows off the bark of birch trees. And birch trees grow in really, really cold climates around the world. And so at Four Sigmatic, we actually get our birch tree or we get our chaga from the largest birch forest in the world, which is it's called the Taiga Forest. It's up in Siberia. And it's so important to also know what your mushrooms are growing off because it's this idea we've been talking about all, all of our chat of like, you are what you eat. And the mushrooms too, they are what they eat. So really important that the chaga comes from the birch tree itself. And then what's so special about it is it has more antioxidant properties than any other food on the planet. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Isn't that crazy? So when you think about this abundance of antioxidant properties, who would you think would be a candidate for antioxidant need? Um, well, anyone who's sick, autoimmune. Yes. yes. Yeah. Most people say everyone. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. That's a pretty decent answer, but especially anyone that's exposed to a lot of foreign places or air or food or water. So um, people that work in hospitals, teachers, people that travel, Chaga is like my best friend when I'm on airplanes and our image. So we put, we kind of give a little cartoon to every mushroom to help people remember this. I don't know if you've seen this on our boxes. No, I, Oh wait, actually I have, I have. Yeah. So Chaga is, is a Superman, right? It's like the superhero image And the idea is we call Chaga your daily bodyguard Mm -hmm. because when your immune system is so strong, when your body is full of antioxidant properties, even if there's someone cough, you know, you walk into a room and there's a bunch of sick people and they're coughing all over you. If your body's so strong, you're not going to be a host for whatever is going around. So that's Mm -hmm. like your daily bodyguard, super immune Chaga. Um, I, have you ever come across people with autoimmune disease where it's too triggering for their immune system? Chaga itself? Yeah. Yeah. I have to always make a plug that if you're dealing with a specific condition, always, always, always work with a practitioner that knows your body because it's really easy for us to talk about these generalizations. And even though mushrooms are really safe for the majority of bodies. 
there's always specific people, um, specific bodies and conditions that, um, might not react in the same way and they could be, that could be totally valid. Mm -hmm. But yeah, if you're dealing with any sort of specific condition, I always recommend working one-on-one with, with a practitioner. And I have tons of herbalists to recommend for those that, that need that. Um, okay. So chaga, great for immunity, antioxidants. I've also read that it was used in, um, different cultures for like appetite as an appetite suppressant. Yeah. Well, chaga has a pretty, um, pretty earthy, bitter flavor to it. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. bitter is one of the most powerful tastes for our digestive systems, right? So that's why people take bitters before or after meals to basically increase the production of hydrochloric acid in the stomach, Mm -hmm. which helps, um, which helps our appetite, right? So yeah, that's a really cool, I think lesser discussed, uh, benefit of chaga mushroom. Yeah. Okay. So let's move on to reishi. Yes. Uh, so this is perfect. Chaga is the king and then reishi is actually known as the, the queen of mushrooms. And I love reishi so much. Uh, yeah, I've been taking reishi for years and she's actually the oldest mushroom that has been used by all these different cultures and was actually only, um, only allowed to be taken by emperors and kings and queens back in the day because she was revered so highly. And right. Um, reishi, we call reishi the chill mushroom and reishi really supports occasional stress. And so many of us today, if not every single one of us is dealing with some layer of chronic underlying stress. And it's so often that we experience symptoms in our life, whether it's I'm not getting proper hunger signals or I can't fall asleep at night or my sex drive is off or I'm getting headaches, whatever it might be, these common complaints. And we don't even consider that it could be related to to stress. And so if people don't know where to start with the world of functional mushrooms, I always point them towards reishi as this really safe safe, nourishing starting place. And it's truly amazing to see what symptoms begin to fall away when the stress response is, is supported and dealt with. Um, and yeah. So it, reishi, would you recommend just at night or do, like, I don't know, does it make people sleepy if they take it in the day? So this is a really common misconception about reishi. So reishi is really different than other more sedative herbs. So we have all these kind of groups of herbs. So we kind of put them in their own little houses. Like, okay, these, these guys are, are sedatives or nervines. These guys are adaptogens and reishi is not sedative. So it's not going to necessarily, um, put you to sleep. It's really supporting, um, the stress response. And in turn, like, again, going, um, addressing things from the root. So it's not like, Oh, I'm going to knock you out. Like something like many other herbs would do, you know, we can talk about like hops or valerian or passion flower, all these herbs that really like work to put you to sleep. Reishi is really just supporting your stress response. And the byproduct of that is a greater sense of relaxation and ability to drop into deeper sleep quicker. So I think people need to 
kind of categorize things to be able to remember them. Mm -hmm. You know, even with humans, it's like, okay, Christina wellness, Danielle herbal, whatever. We have these like words to be able to remember what we're all about. And we're so much more complex than those, those words and the mushrooms are too, right? There's these, these total amazing complex beings, but it is really helpful to be like, okay, reishi, chill, evening, mm-hmm. chocolate, coffee alternative, antioxidant, morning. And so um, there's nothing wrong with taking reishi in the morning and it could actually be really supportive. But typically, if you want to kind of put it in a specific category and have like a map of your day of when you take different mushrooms, it's most easy to associate it with afternoon, evening, the time when you're trying to chill and unwind. Okay. Gotcha. So let's move on to cordyceps, my recent favorite. Yes. Why is it your favorite? I don't know. I think, you know, I started off with Chago was just my favorite and then Reishi was my favorite and I, I still love them, but I feel like I just had a new love for cordyceps because first of all, I think it tastes so good. Um, well, the Four Sigmatic one and, I just love how it makes me feel, and I'm someone who's super sensitive to caffeine, so I don't do caffeine, and I don't know. It just makes me feel energized, so I just love it. I love that, too. Yeah, cordyceps is such a cool fungi, and all of our elixirs, so all of our more potent straight-up mushroom teas, which I think you're talking about are cordyceps elixir, have caffeine. And that's such an important thing to bring up because cordyceps is our get going mushroom, our energizing mushroom. And yet there isn't a stimulant. There isn't caffeine. There isn't this upper in there that um, that the the next part of that is a a crash. Mm -hmm. So cordyceps is it's I'm like being so sticky about the words I have to use. There's like (gasps) but essentially cordyceps gives you this great sense of energy without um, without stimulating and how it does that. It basically supports oxygenation in the bloodstream. And so it's amazing for people to take, um, if they live at high altitudes or before a workout or to really bring a greater percentage of oxygen into your bloodstream. And we feel energized from that, but we're not propping our system up. We're not taxing our adrenals and then having a crash later. So if you are someone sensitive to caffeine, cordyceps is such a powerful option and safe option. And on our box, we have a little runner man to give that idea of the energy and vitality that cordyceps brings. But I used to use cordyceps. I worked with um, athletes as well, kind of big. We have such a big group of um, professional athletes here in Boulder and in recovery. It's so amazing to build and reoxygenate the system after training. So as this really great support for long-term nourishment of the body, if you're an athlete, cordyceps is so up your alley. Oh, so I didn't realize to use that after the workout. Yeah, that's my approach. And you can use it before, but I never want people to become reliant on anything, whether it's an herb or a mushroom or a person or whatever. So to experience the effects of cordyceps, it's often helpful to take it before a workout, but for long-term benefits in the body, I recommend taking it in recovery. So after to rebuild. 
Okay, I like that approach. And yes. what about lion's mane? Lion's mane. Lion's mane is such a popular mushroom right now, which makes sense. We call lion's mane the think mushroom, mm -hmm. and it has this incredible ability to support our brain function. So creativity, productivity, um, the image that we associate with lion's mane is a light bulb, a light bulb going off. Yeah. And I think about those cartoons we watched when we were younger, where you get that really good idea and the light bulb shoots out above the head. And that's really what lion's mane supports with. And again, without, um, without a stimulant, without caffeine, we're able to, like a light switch, turn on our brain's ability to focus and sit down and bust out emails for three hours, which is such a mm, value in so many of our lives today is needing to get a lot of work done to be able to be productive and, um, yeah. Yeah. Well, and I also think if, uh, if people listening, I think a lot of people listening are probably sensitive to caffeine. Um, mm -hmm. and when you use all of these, like they all kind of provide like working together, they provide very similar benefits to if you can't handle caffeine or coffee, like what, what that could give you from the focus to the energy, um, you know, antioxidants. So I think that's something to keep in mind as well. Yeah, absolutely. And in our coffees, um, I, maybe you know this, but they're all half caffeine. Mm -hmm. So 50 milligrams of caffeine in a serving or a cup. And a typical cup of coffee is anywhere from 100 to 150 milligrams of caffeine. And there's many reasons for that. But one of the ideas I love most is why are you actually grabbing that cup of coffee? Are you going to be sitting down and working all day? Or are you looking for a sense of physical energy to be on the go? And so when you add the mushrooms that support those reasons for using coffee in the first place, we're almost honing in on why you're, why you're drinking coffee. So mm -hmm. like, let's, let's cut the caffeine, still give you the taste, still allow you to have a ritual and yet make that cup of coffee even more effective towards why you're, you're wanting it. Yeah. I think that's an important thing to think about. Also, you're like the forcing amount of coffee is the only coffee I can drink and not feel like a psycho person for three days. So yeah. it's like, it's the only <laughs> coffee I will have. Um, yay. Yeah. And, it tastes good. Thing. We say, um, you know, no crash, no jitters with mushroom coffee because these mushrooms fall into this category of adaptogens and adaptogens are really supportive to our stress response, to our adrenals and caffeine is typically taxing our adrenals. So we're basically nourishing and coming in and building as the caffeine is slightly taxing. And so you really, you don't experience that afternoon crash or the jitters that many of us might from a regular cup of coffee. Yeah, 100%. Like I usually, if I have just a cup of coffee, I, I literally will not sleep for a few days. But I Whoa. have had, yeah, I'm like super sensitive. But I've had the four sigmatic like in the afternoon. Like I've had it like 4 p.m. and I go to bed perfectly fine that night. It's a huge difference. That's awesome. I love hearing that. Yeah, it's super cool. Um, okay, I have a few more I want to ask you about. Yes. What about turkey tail? Ugh, turkey tail is so lovely. It actually grows really abundantly where I live up in Colorado. 
And we actually only have one product right now with Turkey Tail, but it's our chai latte. Mm -hmm. And Turkey Tail is one, incredibly supportive to the immune system and also um, really supportive to gut healing. And as we, this is something we've kind of brushed over, but when we look at how can we nourish the body from the root up, something that's so important to pay attention to is what's going on with the gut, right? Mm -hmm. So many, so much new research coming out about this, especially in the last couple of years, but the gut being our second brain and our ability to process and absorb and use all the nutrients that we're taking in. And so again, a very vital way to address symptoms you might not even think or have anything to do with your gut would be starting there. Like let's start, address your gut, Mm -hmm. support your belly. Mm -hmm. And from there, see what else clears. And so turkey tail is, is such an amazing herb for that mushroom for that. And with four sigmatic, we're always trying to create these formulas that basically support the, the function of, of the mushroom in place. So the gut healing benefits of turkey tail, we combine that with all of these classic Ayurvedic chai spices. Mm -hmm. So they're carminative, which means they're warming. They basically promote gas, but spices like black pepper, clove, cinnamon, ginger to really enhance the benefits of the turkey tail itself and give you kind of this full spectrum of different plants to, to support that, that mushroom's main act. I love that. It all works together. I think people sometimes think that you just put, put ingredients together like randomly and I'm like, no, there's a purpose right? Mm-hmm. Yes. It all works together for a reason. Okay. Yeah. What about, um, what about the shiitake mushroom? Yes. Shiitake is so cool. So shiitake actually grows from trees as well. And this is one that bridges that line between culinary and functional mushrooms, but it is really powerful in, um, an extract, right? So super different just to point out to all of our listeners eating shiitake, totally recommend it. Yum do it. But when you're taking, um, you know, say our golden latte, which has shiitake in it has 500 milligrams of the mushroom extract in it. That's a really potent different dose than just chopping up some shiitake and putting it in your stir fry. Um, so yeah, concentration is really important if you're really looking for the benefits of these mushrooms. And that's the thing with herbs too. People are like, Oh, I'll take a tea bag full of you know, one tea bag of peppermint tea, it's okay. Yeah, maybe will help my throat or my stomach a little bit. And then it was amazing. When I would work with my clients, I would make them big bags of the bulk herbs and these like clear plastic, either bags or mason jars. Mm-hmm. And the amount, they were like, what? That's how much I have to take in a day? Like at least, you know, about like 28, 30 grams of herbs every day. Wow. That's like 10, 20 times the amount in a tea bag. I'm like, okay we're using this to really support and heal your body. This is so different than the tiny amount ground up in a tea bag. So anyways, just kind of drawing that distinction, total side note. Yeah. Well, I, I actually do have a question related to that. So if people are avoiding like eating mushrooms for some reason, should, should they also avoid functional mushrooms? Like for example, um, a lot of people who have like mold toxicity, for instance, will avoid eating mushrooms. Uh huh. So, so, would they want to also avoid the mushroom products? Again, I have to say, talk to your herbalist. But yeah. <laughs> I also want to say, 
functional mushrooms are some of the most potent antifungals, which seems bizarre, a fungus yeah. fighting fungus. But the, the mushrooms that we're using, they literally have to protect themselves in nature from other harmful um, you know, mycotoxins or different molds as well. So when, and we're actually share about 40% of our DNA with mushrooms. So when we consume them, they actually protect us in a similar way that they protect themselves in the environment. So fungi and the fungi we're talking about are actually antifungal. So even many people that are allergic to mushrooms can sometimes take functional mushrooms mm-hmm. um, and comparing I kind of like to say comparing a mushroom that, you know, a, a like button mushroom to a sh- uh, whatever. We'll take like reishi, for example, mm-hmm. is kind of like comparing a chihuahua to a blue whale. <laughs> <laughs> they're, really, they're both part of the same kingdom, yeah. so part of the, the animal kingdom, but they could not be more different in what they're made of, what they eat, their actions. And that's the same thing with mushrooms. So it's really important to not conflate one with the other and to realize, okay, even if you're, you know, allergic to bananas, does that mean you'll never eat broccoli? Cause they're both plants. Mm, yeah. So, yeah. so like related to that, I mean, is there anyone who you, who you would say definitely cannot consume these? Um, if people are on certain medications, okay. I always recommend checking in with their healthcare practitioner, but really compared to almost every other herb in our Materia Medica, functional mushrooms are an incredibly safe option. Um, okay. And then if you have, you know, if you have really specific rare conditions, of course, check in with your practitioner. And so many people tell me, but my doctor has never heard of chaga or reishi. Yeah. <laughs> that's where we can come and be a resource and maybe I'll give you some names of herbalists in different areas for people to connect with if they do want to reach out and have some one-on-one support. Yeah. Um, so everyone listening can't see this, but you have a really great photo, um, on your (laughs) Skype. Um, you're holding them. What are you holding? Thanks. Uh, that's actually a reishi. No way. Really? Yeah. Yep. That's a reishi. And that's actually, a pretty decent kind of average size. Oh, I have to send yeah. you a picture of some of the, the big, huge, it's called Ganoderma lucidum is the Latin for this species of reishi and they can get massive. They're incredible. They, so people can't see it, but it looks like you're holding a red snail. That's huge, but it's obviously <laughs> a mushroom. Um, I love that. I can totally see it like a red snail. Yeah. It's like a giant red snail, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I was wondering, I didn't know reishi is all reishi red. No. So even within Ganoderma lucidum is this one species and that's the common name for that is reishi or lingxi in traditional Chinese medicine. And even within that one species, you can have purple, red, or black reishi, and they're all going to offer slightly different benefits. But at Four Sigmatic, we focus on the red reishi, which is what you're looking at, the red snail. (laughs) What does the purple one do? Um, So they all have these immunomodulating benefits, but um, they're going to have slightly different ranges of different compounds. So even within like this group of mushroom sugars or mushroom oils, there's hundreds of different compounds underneath those that all have a different effect in the body. And so 
the ratios and I'm like, how, how heady can we get and still make this really accessible? But depending on, so even, um, like you can't take one ratio and say it's going to be the same as another. Similarly, you can't take one, um, I don't know. What's like a really common plant you have in your yard? Like echinacea. Do you think everyone knows echinacea? Yeah. Everyone knows echinacea. (laughs) So take one echinacea plant and say it's the same as another. And there's so many variables based on when it was harvested, what area of the world it's growing from or in the season. So was there a lot of rainfall that year? Was there more sunshine that year? Um, what part of the plant or fungi you're, you're taking the way that you extract it. So there's all of these different factors to create, you know, what's, what's in your echinacea bottle or tincture or, you know, your must be. And so, yeah, we can kind of draw these generalizations about, yeah, these are, we know that they contain these groups of compounds and yet every single specific plant or mushroom itself is going to have a slightly different range of them based on all of those conditions. So interesting. So So interesting. Okay. The other thing I wanted to ask, um, is maybe you can (laughs) explain why, why is rose hips in so many of the products? Yeah. So in all four of our elixirs or basically our mushroom teas, we add rose hips and rose hips is really rich in vitamin C and vitamin C increases the bioavailability. So our, our body's ability to uptake the nutrients or these compounds from the mushrooms. And so we're again, trying to make, um, each packet as potent and effective in the body as possible. So Mm -hmm. that's one tactic we use to do that. Um, another thing we do is in every one of the elixirs, there's 1500 milligrams. So a gram and a half of the mushroom extract, which is a very potent dose. If you ever go to the grocery store and want to geek out about mushroom supplements, we could do that together. Yeah. Common for me, but typically like, you know, 200 to 500 milligrams is a pretty average dose. And so 1500 milligrams is huge bang for your buck essentially. And I do believe that's why people see such immediate positive results from Four Sigmatic is the strength and the potency of our products. Can you like overdose on, on these? Like if I had 10 cups of chaga in a day, would I, would I be in trouble? (laughs) Great question. They don't have a, most of them don't have this direct action of either being stimulating or depressing, but they're rather, they're, they're modulating, right? So we use this term immunomodulating or adaptogenic. They're working to find this equilibrium within the body. And so if you take an excessive amount your body, and it's going to be a different amount for every person, but your body is just not going to be able to, to process that. It's kind of like you pour a bunch of something into a cup and the rest of it overflows. That's the way that you can think of it. So it's really about finding the right dose for you. For me, I take about six packets a day and I feel really good off that, but someone else could take half a packet and be totally good. So I'm super curious, what is right now your like mushroom routine? Like what's a day in the life in terms of your mushroom consumption? What are you liking? Yeah. Um, 
I love that. And I'm going to plant the seed. We still have to give shiitake a little bit of love because we got on a tangent. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> I, I got confused. I mean, I got off. Okay. Tell me shiitake and then tell okay. me your routine. Okay. We'll talk about shiitake. Jump into routine. So shiitake, we put it in our golden latte, which we call our beautify product. And it's basically, you know, about golden lattes, turmeric, yeah. Um, yeah. ginger. We put black pepper to activate the anti-inflammatory properties, the curcumin and the turmeric. And of course, vegan plant-based, but it's a latte because of that coconut milk. Mm -hmm. And shiitake is really supportive to our livers. And our liver is our largest internal organ for detoxification. I mean, the liver has over 500 functions. Um, I also teach liver pathology and anatomy at, at the herbal school that I teach at. So like, again, love digging into the liver, but it's this site of detoxification primarily is how we think of it. And when our livers are not functioning optimally, our body often finds other outlets to release toxins. And we often see that expressed through the skin. So anytime I, um, you know, working with someone or they're like, what can I do for acne or psoriasis or different uh, things that come out on the skin? The first thing you look at is, okay, how's your liver functioning? And so this is what shiitake is really great for. Um, it's called hepatoprotective, so nourishing and protective to liver health. And when our liver is functioning optimally, the most obvious external result of that is glowing skin. So it's this idea of glow from the inside out. I love that. That's cool. just an extra use or an extra excuse to drink the golden latte mix. Exactly. Why drink a regular golden latte when you can have one with shiitake? <laughs> I know. And it's so good. That's another one I always carry with me. It's in my bag. So anytime I'm out, if I want something like fancy, a latte, I pull out the golden latte mix. I love that. So fancy. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> hop into uh, your routine. My morning routine. I do love mushroom coffee. So I drink mushroom coffee on weekdays. Um, and we could talk about, you know, this idea of cycling. So not having caffeine a couple days of the week to make sure your body still has a positive reaction. You don't get basically a tolerance to caffeine. So I wake up and I have our mushroom coffee, either typically our, our coffee with lion's mane and chaga. And then I add another elixir to that, depending on what I have in store for that day. So I travel about half my time. And when I'm traveling, I add a chaga elixir to my lion's mane and chaga coffee. And if I'm at home, I'll usually add a lion's mane to it. So it really depends. But that's kind of how I start my day. And then midday, I'll usually do one of our either elixirs or lattes. So I really like our golden latte or a matcha kind of midday is just a kind of pick me up. Um, and then every evening I do our reishi hot, hot cacao, mushroom cacao with reishi. Mm -hmm. And, um, that's kind of more of a treat. So I do, I do that when I have like company or a dinner party. Um, and then otherwise if I'm like really looking to, I've had a big day and I really need support and need to unwind and kind of turn off my stress, I will have a reishi elixir in the evening. Um, and there's others, there's others dabbled in there. Like if I have a big lunch, I'll probably have a chai afterwards. I mean, I like to, <laughs> and I think that's so important too. I just always encourage people, whatever your routine is, keep mixing it up. So our bodies are constantly needing new things, right? If you take one 
herb or mushroom every day for a certain amount of time, hopefully you don't need that. Hopefully whatever you were taking it for has begun to ease up and you don't need that anymore. So switch, right? Like if you've been taking reishi every day to support your stress response, hopefully your stress response, you've seen a benefit to that and you can ease off and then like go into lion's mane for a couple of weeks or chaga. But yeah, how long do you think usually like it takes people to be taking these consistently to start noticing something? Yeah, I always say to take for at least two weeks mm-hmm. um, every day. And there's nothing wrong with taking them consistently forever, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is really silly to say. But the way that these mushrooms have always been used is daily as a, you know, they've been called chi tonics and elixirs of life and teas of longevity and immortality. And really through all these traditions, they're meant to be taken every single day. And that doesn't have to be the same mushroom, but you can take different functional mushrooms every single day. And there's not only nothing wrong with that, that's actually the way that they've been traditionally utilized. Yeah, I can't complain about that. I love my elixirs, so I will <laughs> I will take the excuse to to drink them. Um, okay, well, I think we did a really good overview of everything. I feel like that was a lot of really quality information, so thank you for sharing so much knowledge. I wish I could talk to you for three more hours because I have so many questions about all the herbs, but we'll have to find another time. I love it. Yeah, let's do a different, we'll do an adaptogen herb deep dive. But yeah. pretty much everyone that's listened to this is now a fungi expert, knows more than 90% of the people out there. So congrats. Yes, <laughs> yes. Well, now they have to go like take your class or something to I really love get it. into it. Um, but l- why don't you let everyone know where they c- can connect more with you if they want to learn more? Yeah, Instagram is a really great channel for me. I'm Danielle Ryan Broida, and I post a lot of education about different herbs and mushrooms. And I do do a lot of events and workshops and classes, and I'm always all over the country. So no matter where you're listening from, look for me in your area or let me know if you want me to come and find you and talk about mushrooms and herbs with you. But that's a really great place. And then, of course, forsigmatic.com. You can find all of our products and more information about the mushrooms and the herbs and mushroom coffee and all that good stuff. Perfect. Thank you so much, Danielle. I really, really enjoyed this chat. Thank you, Christina. It's been so much fun. Thank you so much to Danielle for coming on the podcast and dropping all her knowledge. You can find more from her at... Danielle Ryan Broida on Instagram and also at DanielleRyanWellness.com and of course all things Forsigmatic at Forsigmatic.com slash CRW and if you want to pick up any of those products you can just use my code CRW for 15% off again that's Forsigmatic.com slash CRW and all that information will be in the show notes If you enjoyed this episode and found it informative, I would love it if you told Danielle that you loved hearing her on this podcast and also share it with anyone you think would find it interesting. You can tag me, tag Danielle, tag Wellness Realness Podcast, and I can say thank you if you tag me. If you're not already in our Facebook group, Wellness Realness Podcast Tribe, please join. I would love to have you there. 
where you can connect with other listeners. And if you haven't already left a rating and a review on iTunes and you would like to show your support for me, please do that. I would appreciate it so much. It really helps me spread the word about the show. That's going to be it for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed this one and I hope you have an amazing rest of your day. I will chat with you again next time. Bye.